Welcome to Tales of Eldalorn. This is Carly Bon. I hope you like dark fantasy because that's what you got yourself into, though it may not seem so right now at the beginning. These stories are what I would call a slow boil, because it does heat up later. So hold on to your seats, because here we go. Last week in Chapter 4 of Thendil's Song, we witnessed Thendil leaving her sons behind, but it was never her choice. The lords of their undying lands forced her to return. She had trespassed while saving her king long ago, and now we find out the true price for this transgression. Chapter 5 Human Faces As Rovash walked among humans, he was met with more abuse, and on one occasion he was even set upon by men's dogs. Realizing it was because of his telltale ears, he covered them with a scarf acquired from some hanging laundry. Humans saw him then as an older teenage boy, even though his maturity among elves was much younger. Not knowing the common tongue, he tried not to speak very much. He soon found out they didn't even recognize Elvish anyway. He knew he would have to adapt, so he watched and listened. Roe was head and shoulders taller than the grown men he encountered. His distinctive facial features made him strikingly handsome by human standards. The women liked his tall, dark, mysterious looks. Females were more generous with food and patience, fantasizing he must somehow be a lost prince from a distant land. He was so polite, they happily fed him and taught him how to speak their language. Girls who fancied his good looks did things that made him blush, but he shied away from those kinds of affections, not wanting to be discovered as an elf among men. He slept hidden away up in the tall tree branches at night and went into human settlements during the day to learn what he could. In Eldalorn, Rovash was one of the best in his class with bow and sword play. Not fully understanding what war was, he joined a band of men that were going to fight to the east. They said they were going to protect their women and their way of life. They gave him a massive iron longsword and showed him how to use it. Ro felt this might be an opportunity to travel and search for his brother among the humans he would meet. Little did he know, this was the beginning of a long career among men at war. Because of his inexperience and lack of any real strength, he suffered a broken nose and a lost right eye to an enemy blade in one of his first battles. Rovash soon discovered his one advantage was being quicker-minded and more agile than any human. 
His body healed fast, but he suffered agonizing pain from the many mistakes he made. His eye was permanently lost, so he was forced to wear a patch over an ugly empty socket as a deadly reminder. An evil sorcerer named Sermanos had grown an army of mutant Hysi and ogremen in the fiery Ajatara Fells. Ro fought bravely in many skirmishes there and killed many of the sorcerer's twisted monsters. After decades of fighting, his body grew muscular through the shoulders and back, and he expertly wielded the massive reach of the steel broadsword. He also mastered the use of the full-length set of dual swords. He started to show the shadow of facial hair of adolescence from his human half. He learned to shave, keeping the stubble short along a lower jawline. His long sable hair had turned into tangled piles of dreadlocks, and he kept that tied up with that folded scarf that also covered his ears. All this added to a dark and fearsome countenance that most common folk would choose to avoid. Rovash faithfully carried on his duties as a soldier, always keeping to himself. He never was one to smile or speak very much. He often thought about his family that were lost to him as he learned about the ways of men. In all the years that followed, Rovash never aged as did his companions. Wounds that will kill an ordinary human always healed at an astonishing rate. Believing in dark superstitions as men will, they would sling remarks. Roja scowled and tried to avoid these men. He dreamed of the day humans would practice more kindness or simply keep to their own business, but they never did. He always ended up having to move on when they started asking too many questions. Being Edhelen seemed to be such a defect that when he was deepest in his despair of elven desolation, he thought about mutilating his own ears. He even tried to drink so much as to find the courage to do it, but alcohol never had the desired effect. He would always end up thinking of his kind-hearted mother, and he'd put away the dagger and his misery for another day. Feeling the pain of another battle that didn't end the way their officers had planned, Rovash looked for some peace with a cold drink in the commons. He only wanted to pass the time by himself, but then the hecklers started in. They were unwavering as they mercilessly harassed him. In frustration, he finally stood up his full imposing height and bellowed, I am blessed only by my beloved mother. He tore off his scarf to reveal the long ears. 
He immediately knew he had made a grave mistake. The damnable elder abandoned us to our fate. Men yelled at him in shock of discovering one among them all this time. They began quite a commotion as men quickly gulped chugs of ale and rolled off benches. Another fell tipping, spilling tankards all over the place as they moved away to the farthest walls into the shadows. They were clearing the floor for a fight. Rovash pulled out all the authority he could muster in his voice and stance. He hoped to calm the crowd, or at least dissuade them from violence. I have been searching for my brother who disappeared in the grief of our mother's death, Rovash tried to explain, knowing they didn't care what he said anymore. He prayed for some small sign of empathy from his former companions, but there was none. Stand down, men! A shout came from behind them as the door opened. There will be no cure found fighting among yourselves, yelled their captain as he quickly stepped forward out of his office, quelling an oncoming riot. Clean up this mess, the captain ordered into the commons, or you will find yourselves permanently assigned to latrine duty. The captain then addressed Rovash. It may be true... We thought Edlin long gone, but come now. With a serious face, he motioned for Roe to follow him. Even wizards continue to walk among us. You are no pure-blooded, are you, elf? A stocky, crude-looking man spat the last insult. My sire was human that I grew so. Roe's fist slammed down hard. Leaning over menacingly, his good eye insanely widened as he glared at the recoiling man. Tall enough to end the likes of you, he growled under his breath. None could deny his look of malice. They couldn't know the sadness he felt at the show of human ignorance. Rovash was fixed on the man as he tied his scarf back in place, covering his ears away from prying eyes. There. Is this good enough for you? He glared at all their sullen faces as he stomped away into the office. They had no idea how close they'd come to finding real pain as the men moaned, picking up the mess and righting the furniture. Captain Farrick was always known to be a fair man, even under tough circumstances. He had taken Rovash aside into his office, not just to stop a brawl, but to speak candidly. It was only a matter of time that you would be forced to reveal yourself to us, soldier. You are an impressive fighter in my regiment, but I have been here a long time. He straightened his uniform front as he moved forward to his desk. I have often thought to myself, no one could be as lucky as you. Rovash flung himself into a chair and sat glowering in front of his captain. He closed his eyes with his hands against his forehead, trying to compose himself for what was to come next. This never ends well, Rose sadly huffed 
expecting the worst. He was instead surprised at what Farrick did next. Please honor me by doing a favor for an old friend and deliver this to its rightful owner. The captain carefully set on the desk in front of Roe a beautiful old sword of the loveliest elven make. By now the men's minds will be divided about you and I cannot guarantee your safety here. Beric sighed in exasperation. He knew Edlin had a code of honor beyond human understanding. If Rovash would take up this task, he would see it done. Beric handed Ro official release papers that he'd signed and sealed right there and took a hefty pouch of coins out of a side drawer as payment for his service. You should go. Forget all this. Find your brother if you can. I hear rumors a wizard still resides near the capital city of Justinlach. He may have the ability to help you find your lost brother, Beric said gentler, leaning forward to get his point across. He slid the gold coins towards Roe. He stared at the brooding face across the desk. Then giving up, he sat down in his chair and waited for his young soldier's response. Rovash was all too familiar with men's reactions. He looked down at the blade and let out a long, resigned breath. Okay, I will thank you, friend. He tried to keep his voice steady. I travel then to the capital, as you suggest, to seek the wizard. That is, if there even is one. He picked up his pay and shoved it in his belt pocket. Looking into Farrick's eyes and taking up the task laid before him, he asked, But first, before I go, explain to me whose sword I will carry and where it should be surrendered. Roe held up the great sword with expert hands to make a closer inspection. It was perfectly balanced and still shined. None of the intricate gold etching was marred, even though the sword had been used in many battles. He could tell the hands that cleaned it cared for this blade. It was not just a sense of duty that preserved its beauty. It was obviously made for a taller warrior such as himself. Farrick looked at him softer now. This unique weapon was sent to me to hold on to until I could deliver it south to Ilian Henny. Rovash looked at the captain with interest. This sword was owned by a Darjeeling ranger. They're a race that are not commonly found among men except during direst times of war. He was an honorable and fair commander. I would swear upon my life that you share the same qualities in features of height and face. Back when you first joined our ranks, it was as though he stood before me when I first glanced at you. He was a trusted friend until his recent passing. The captain paused to let that sink in as he leaned back in his chair. Travel first to Ilian Henny to honor him for me, if you would. The Dargillian have run a small outpost there for centuries. 
It's hidden in the foothills to the east. When you show this sword to the rangers there, they'll know what to do with it. You might even find a lost relation or two for yourself as well. Rovash was buried in his thoughts for a moment before he spoke. I am, in fact, just over 500 years old, Captain Farrick. I have come to an age that is considered only half-grown to adulthood among elven kin. Knowing a little bit about the lives of Edelin, the captain sat up stiffly in his chair and poured himself a drink from a nearby decanter. He was thinking about how this young elven boy must have suffered greatly throughout so much time hiding among men at war. Gods, was all he could say, guzzling his first drink down. I would honor you with knowing truth about me and my kind. Rose scowled at the door. Beyond they could hear men howling as they attempted to sing together. Farrick filled a glass for each of them this time and slid one across the table. Rovash stared into the glint of candlelight as it danced on the surface of the amber liquid. He picked it up and drank a full mouthful. If what you say is truth, it might make clear a riddle unsolved in my mind, and I will thank you for that now. Roe lowered his eyes as he spoke, feeling the pain of long memory as it crept back into his mind. Sitting across the desk from his former commander, Rovash spoke about the Edelin and how they linger in numbers unknown to humankind because of hidden enchantments surrounding and protecting their lands. He told him about the pain-filled migration to the spirit lands of their lords. He also told the story of his younger brother, Ejelum. I understand better now your reasons, son, the captain said solemnly. He still saw that his 20-year-old former soldier sitting in front of him. He smirked as he shook out the last drops of the glass decanter into their glasses. The sun would be rising outside on the cold gray horizon. The candles on the desk had burned down and melted away. Having you here has been a blessing, my boy, and I am going to miss you in the days to come, and that is the God's truth, Captain Farrick said tiredly, wagging his head. With that, the two stood up and clasped hands as equals in a genuine handshake of friendship. I do pray I will see you again someday, Farrick warmly clasped Roe on the shoulder. Rovash nodded shyly and gave him a faint sober smile as he said goodbye in elvish tongue. Knowing now what he must do, he slipped out of the back door and into the woodlands beyond. is still a young Edelin caught between worlds. He's matured a lot 
having lived among humans for a long time. He is also more elvish than he ever realized, just like his mother told him. Thank you for listening. You can join me in more adventures if you press the follow button. I will personally send you a new episode every Thursday so you can hear the rest of the story. Elvish Lesson of the Day Did you know your friend is a melon? Yeah. Melanamine. Melanamine. That means my friend. So yeah, don't giggle. It's spelled M-E-L-L-O-N. So it's a different melon, okay? I bet you're never going to forget that one. (laughs) Hey, it's a 30-second message from our sponsor. And it's me.